Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave. My name is Renee Barabal, the Practical Shaman, and I'm here with... Sandra Ringerman. Welcome from a cloudy day in Santa Fe. <laughs> cloudy there in a hundred and... Actually, it was like under a hundred last night. It was like this break in the weather for a minute, and I'm sure it's creeping right back up there, and I'm going to have to adapt. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our conversation today is about adaptation and for people who live in the desert like I do, we adapt. We adapt to, you know, a hundred degree weather. When I first moved here, it was like the first winter, I'll never forget, I went to the, the mall and I saw all these winter clothes on the racks. I'm thinking like, you know, I'm in my shorts and my t-shirt and I'm wondering what these people are doing wearing winter clothes. It's, you know, it's 80. and. By the next winter, I had to be back at the mall buying all new winter clothes because I had given them all away, thinking I was never going to need them again, and I adapted. I adapted to the 100-degree weather, and all of a sudden, my blood thinned, and I was just as cold when it's 80 as most people are, you know, sweltering in other, other climates. <laughs> so that's kind of an adaptation that we go through as human beings, and so today we wanted to talk about how are we adapting, and Sandra, you said you had an omen. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted to add to what you're saying. You know, we've been so focused um, in our culture on what we can do to help the environment right now and what we can do to create changes. And, of course, that's really important work to keep up. But if you look at what other animals are doing right now, they're figuring out how to adapt to the changes they're, they're not trying to figure out how to change things. They're trying to figure out how to adapt. And so we have brilliant examples of animals that adapt. And one of the things that I learned recently that I had no ideas about was that whales were originally land mammals. Um, they had feet and they walked. And when, um, they had a hard time surviving on the earth they took to the water and so um one of the things that stimulated uh talking about adaptation was somebody on one of my facebook pages uh wrote about um uh inuit shaman talking about how um people don't know how to adapt and so we're going to lose a tremendous amount of people in the upcoming times and animals are figuring out how to adapt. And it's in our DNA. We're actually born with this blueprint that we have the knowledge of how to get through these times. And so um, the other day, well, let me just shift and say what's happening for me right now is um, I found out that I, I am I'm dealing with a terrible mold problem, a terrible mold problem in me and a terrible mold problem in my house. Half my house is being demolished. And so when you start talking to people about mold, everybody's like, you have to destroy all your clothes. And um, I thought about that because I live in the country and even the mold remediation company said this to me, you walk outside, you come back in, you bring mold spores into your house. So um, 
so how paranoid because the mold is affecting my health so yeah I can get real paranoid about uh, all my clothes having some mold spores in it and can I get every mold spore out of the house and what I decided was yeah we had to demolish a good part of our house but how paranoid do I want to get when I know that we have the opportunity to be able to adapt using spiritual light. And so I've decided I'm not getting paranoid about this. I'm going to do the best I can, lay things out in the sun, blow things off. Um, and, and I'm going to tap into the inner sunlight within me that knows how to clean uh, all the mold out of me. I'm going to adapt. So um, the other day, it was two days ago, my husband and I came back from um, an errand. This is all leading us to this amazing omen that I got. And um, he was talking on the phone to one of the construction workers, and I was sitting outside looking at this animal under uh, our crab apple tree right in our backyard. And Woods, my husband, goes, oh, it's a fox. And we get fox out here, and we love fox. We, we welcome fox. Um, but uh, then I noticed that's no fox. That's a lynx. Um, <laughs> and then I got all excited. I've never seen a lynx before. And I, I post on Facebook about seeing this lynx. But the bottom line is this lynx had a tail furry tail and it was wagging it and so after further investigation I discovered that it was a young mountain lion sitting in our front yard taking a rest under a shade under a shady tree <laughs> and so I posted on this on on one of my ship network groups um, Facebook page and people started um, posting because it was on August the 8th and on August the 8th there's a well-known event that's very important to the ancient Egyptians and other spiritual traditions of how the earth aligns with the planet Sirius and what that all brings us to is tapping into our inner divine and remembering our inner divine so I thought it was a great omen in I came to how I need to adapt is to do the work I've been teaching since 2000, which is transfiguration, which is allowing light to transmute whatever toxins are in you or in your environment or in your home. And so I thought the omen on 8-8 uh, was really perfect. Mm -hmm of don't get paranoid, don't freak out. We have all the information in our DNA, in our blueprint that will um, help us get through these times if we do the work and are willing to tap into the, that sacred place inside of us. Absolutely. And you know, how I've always held that was people have picked to be here now. Like, if you think you're here by accident, then you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. 
<laughs> right? But, but the thing is, is, is we knew we were coming in at this time. We knew, you know, we knew that, you know, the babies that are coming in with whatever their set of things, we, we chose to be here now. And so how do we, how do we adapt? And maybe that's our human experience is really seeing, you know, how our relationship to nature is or what it is that we can learn, you know, and how do we adapt? Because we've adapted so many other times. And you were talking about the whales. I was reading an article the other day about why whales get so big in the ocean. And, you know, it's because you might think, oh, because they have more space. Well, no, because it's really cold in the water and they had to have more blubber, which meant adding on tonnage. So, so we do adapt and it, it, whether or not we can adapt so quickly or slowly, that's, that's our work. In fact, and this is like, I probably get a lot of hate mail after I say this, but one of my, my friends is a farmer. And one of her beliefs as a, as a big farmer and her family's been, you know, generations of farmers is that when we started to do the adaptation to wheat, it was not because people were trying to harm people. It was because there was people starving in the world. And the scientist Borloff thought like, okay, if I could adapt this to grow in other places, you know, then people won't be starving all over the world. And so it took wheat into this commodity, which is now, you know, has its own issues through all the adaptations and all the chemicals and all of that. But that the original intent on the adapting the seed wasn't to harm people, but was to feed people. Mm. And so it's how do we come to these ideas? Are we trying to feed people? Or are we trying to grow together? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, it gets tricky because, um, we do have, I'm going to repeat and stand strong um, on what I have to say, in that we do have the ability to transmute. And, you know, since I wrote Medicine for the Earth in, in 2000, we've done experiments with taking water that we polluted with ammonium hydroxide. We took GMO food. We... Um, did all these experiments and they're written up on um, my website, sandraingerman.com. You could look at GDV results and we have amazing pictures of, of GMO foods that before we did our ceremony were all shriveled up and how the energy just grew after our ceremony. And so I think what's so important is to understand that the new kids coming in are going to come in with mutations that help them get through the times because that's what evolution is all about. When the new babies come in, they're already in a state where they're ready to deal with what's happening um, in the environment. Their organs are different. Their livers will be different. But what about us? We're here now um, in this environment that does have Roundup everywhere. And I'm discovering mold is everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, uh, my students are constantly talking to me about ticks and limes. And we are dealing with things on the planet that are quite serious, but adapt or die is basically, um, you know, that's a reality that we're actually all going to be facing. Absolutely. And I've been getting 
these visions of, you know, what the next 20 years will look like, or, you know, it, and to me, it's this fiction, but maybe it's not so much of a fiction about how you build a, um, how you build a spiritual bubble around yourself. So when you walk out the door, you are protected from whatever, you know, toxins or energies that are coming your way, because right now, some of the most um, toxic energy that's going around are people's opinions, as far as I'm concerned. And if you don't think that sending out all of this, you know, disharmony isn't weakening, weakening our immune systems or weakening our resolve, you know, I think that we could start to look at how we, and we've talked about that in some of our previous shows about how this, how we create form from our, our thoughts and our ideas. Well, so not only do we have to protect ourselves from the, the environmental changes, we have to protect ourselves from all of, all of the toxicity that's out there and still remain positive and upbeat and show up for this, you know, show up in service. So I think this is a great topic and I'm really glad you're gonna do that transfigure meditation at the end of it, so stay tuned. And, you know, for me, when I was cooking in the kitchen, one of the things that I noticed was that as I became present to the food, chop, 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 all other things left. And in that presence, the food transformed itself into healing food. And so the intention that we bring when we're cooking or when we're, you know, watering our, our plants has everything to do with this adaptation and knowing that that I've had to adapt. I've been like, when, when I see people like, oh, getting crazy about what they're putting in their bodies and stuff, I'm thinking like, you know, I, I hold the vision that if we, we eat, you know, eat that ice cream with love, you know, choose yeah. the best food you can, but eat it with love because that's transforming how it's going to enter your body. If I oh. beat myself up when I'm eating my ice cream, oh, it's going to add five pounds. <laughs> well, you know, I, I taught, um, I did um, a, a research study with the University of uh, School of Integrative Medicine, and I talked about this during one of our shows already. And in my group of, um, it was about will the medicine for the earth work help people who uh, became depressed after a heart attack and we got great results and we got a yes. Anybody, uh, we were able to statistically say anybody who takes medicine for the earth workshop will get help from depression after um, a heart attack. So anyway, um, we, we dealt with this issue and I said, when you eat your French fries, if you're, if you're thinking as you're eating French fries that you're eating toxin and you're eating poison, then that's what you're eating because our, you know, our, our perception is all about what we believe. And if we believe that we're eating toxic food, then we're definitely um, eating toxic food. So um, we really have to change our attitude, basically. And so what I've been doing um, the last few days, uh, you know, when I really got the message strongly that I have to start emulating a ton of light throughout my body to heal right now because I um, the results of my tests were 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 quite 
uh, astounding. And I'm doing the same thing um, with my house. I'm not seeing the house as toxic. I'm seeing the house in its divine perfection and seeing, um, thanking the mold for being there and thanking the mold for um, its role in the web of life and just asking it to take its leave and doing honorable closure of thanking it for its presence on the planet. It just doesn't belong in my house and it doesn't belong in my body. And so these spiritual practices that we do, it changes our perception and our perception creates our reality. And I mean, I can sit and tell stories for another hour on, on all the research because of my research with Medicine for the Earth and my books that follow that on all the miraculous stories of people eating poison and not being affected by it because they saw themselves as eating light, not toxin. And so if we want to adapt, we have to take out the paranoid, the fear mentality about our environment and what's in our environment right now and what we're taking into our bodies where we need to be responsible, we need to take care of our health. Yes, we need to do that. But also at what point do we realize this is the world we live in? So how do we raise our frequency to adapt so that we can um, thrive during the, the coming times? And, and absolutely, this is the world we chose to live in. Let's go one yeah. step further. So if we chose this, what did we, what did we choose and, and how do we um, build harmony around that choice that we made, that we're not the victim here and we can adapt, which we're going to do here in just a moment, and how can we thrive? You know, not only can I adapt, but how can I thrive? And, and for me, a year ago, I kept getting sick. I swear, every time I went to the doctor's office, I got sicker. And I mean, I, I was doing a lot of writing from bed. And then this year, I started to adapt what a couple of changes, not like any great 10 herbs or anything. I don't think I take any herbs. But that I changed two things. And then my diet, and then all of a sudden, I didn't get sick once this past year, knock on wood. And I had all the energy I needed. And I, it was a shift that was profound for me. Yeah, yeah. And we all have that ability to do that. Um, we have that inner knowledge. And that's what's happening right now is the spiritual community keeps looking outside of themselves for the fix. And the fix to adaptation is to go within, tap into your own DNA and your own blueprint and ask it to start to show you or start to help make the adaptations in your body so that you can remain healthy. And then we can start working with spiritual light, which I would love to show you how to do. Absolutely. I'm ready. Yeah. So um, the point of, um, I call the work transfiguration because it came to me in a dream and I, again, I talked about this on another show. Um, you know, we keep moving forward from our other shows, so we hope that you'll listen to some of the archives. But 
the Egyptian god Anubis gave me the word transfiguration as the missing piece of my environmental uh, spiritual work to, um, to be able to transmute environmental toxins. And so after months of trying to figure out what Anubis meant, um, what I learned was that he was trying to show that we can shapeshift because transfiguration means shape-shifting into our spiritual light because we get, we get um, so focused on who we are as a body and who we are as a personality and who we are as a mind. But when we put aside our body, when we put aside our personality, when we put aside our mind, what we are is spiritual light. We're just beings of spiritual light. We're a reflection of the creative forces of the universe. So when we go inside of ourselves, it's all about inside of ourselves, not traveling outside to that incredible wealth that the native people talk about, even the shaman from Greenland talked about the need to have this bright, sunny inner landscape so that you can adapt through the changes ahead. And so what I teach people how to do is to just travel inside. It's really easy to, to say, I let go of my body, I let go of my mind, and I travel within to my inner son, or um, I began this process by teaching people to tap into their inner starlight because the stars, they just radiate and they shine. They don't think about, oh, I'm going to shine on Sandra and Renee today. They just shine everywhere and they don't get tired shining because they're just light. This is their nature. They're just letting that light flow. So I, I basically recommend that you travel within while I do some drumming and you uh, ask to experience your own inner sunlight, your own inner starlight, or if the moon speaks to you, your own inner moonlight, and just let that radiate um, through every cell of your body and then absorb that light like a flower that's absorbing the sun or a flower that's absorbing the rain or like a sponge that you put into water that grows. And so you want to let every cell of your body plump up with this light. And it's a very easy practice for you to do. So I'm just going to pick up my drum. And we want to take um, a few deep grounding breaths. Okay, I'll talk you through this experience. Here we go. So as Renee has shared, we made a choice to be born on this planet at this time. And living a life of paranoia and fear about the changes present and the changes ahead do not help our health on any level. 
it's about remembering who we are. We're more than our body. We're more than our minds. We are spirit filled with light, just like the sun that shines and the stars that shine and the moon that shines above. And for tens of thousands of years, shamans and mystics have been teaching that light heals, light can transmute, can transform any state, any toxin. So imagine yourself traveling within yourself and experiencing your inner sun or an inner star or your inner moon and observe and feel how that light just continues to grow inside of you and let yourself absorb that light into every cell of your being. Take it in. Let it bring you to a state of health, regeneration, to a place of joy. And now let that light radiate out, touching our whole entire circle and radiating within and without this beautiful planet Earth, transforming all that comes in the presence of this beautiful, exquisite light that our circle is radiating everywhere right now. And I don't want you to connect, disconnect from the center light because this light is who you are. So I'm not gonna bring you back disconnected from this light. Just imagine it flowing through you in a beautiful way that you can hang on to throughout the day and experience going outside into nature or meeting with your friends or taking a walk and experiencing the world around you as pure luminous light. So take a deep grounding breath and it's time to open your eyes and be back in the room right now. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you're still beaming and you didn't disconnect. <laughs> I started beaming when you just started to talk about where we were going. It was like, all right, it was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Absolutely. I'm going to beam today and bring yeah. some light wherever I go. We want to we want to go out and we want to be a light to ourselves, but we also want to be a light in the world. And that's how we adapt to the changes in the present and the changes ahead. 
Absolutely. And find that light that you share in common with other people. That to me is like the biggest gift of how you can share your light at this moment is not to pick out what's different, but to find where what common winds are blowing through your, your, your neighborhood, your work environment, and you know, start to, to, to build upon that light instead of tearing it down every time. You know, it's so easy to slip back into what is not light, but stay in what is the light? What is the light that somebody else who I disagree with is sharing as well? And, and start to, you know, radiate, radiate more light together. Absolutely. And, you know, I always, um, I'm, I'm always encouraging all of you to bring the work that we teach into your community. And this particular exercise is so easy to teach to your loved ones, to your friends and other community members, because there's nothing um, that's offensive spiritually about seeing uh, a sun shining through you or a starlight shining through you. And so um, it, it's a place uh, of a neutral place that you can bring into your community that has a lot of power to create change and um, where you can all lift each other up with the light that you shine together. Absolutely. And as she's talking, I see this really big sunshine coming out from your heart and also the hearts of the people over at the Shaman's Cave who've been really, you know, really keeping the page alive and with comments and with questions and helping each other. And, and I, that's light. That's sharing your light with other people. So, and if you want to get to our past archive, archives, our caves, <laughs> go to our archives over at the shamanstv.com. And I don't know, we have over a half a year of a podcast at this point. And, you know, I think there's pearls of wisdom that you could listen again as you need them. So definitely go over there. And now if you sign up to be on our email list, which only goes out for this particular um, podcast, you will get uh, Sandra's ancestor meditation, which I found to be very powerful. Then we might switch it out over time. But for right now, it's the ancestor meditation. That's great. Well, thank you, Renee. I think you said it all. <laughs> <laughs>